Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another trading day that saw some interesting movement. So we did see a bit of a turnaround happening in the soybeans. It was still definitely lower numbers on the corn. We saw lowers in the wheat. Uh, Livestock, cattle taking advantage of what was happening in this corn market while the hogs moved lower as well. A full look of what's happening within this market trade today is coming with Alan Brugler. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management. So let's just talk, first of all, this nervousness that's going on. We saw a slide within the trade yesterday kind of continued a little bit today in the corn and the wheat what's your spin on what we're seeing on a thursday well i i think the the biggest issues on the corn side are number one export demand continues to be poor we saw that again in the export sales report today and uh, it started raining in a, in a fair amount of the corn belt a fi- fairly high percentage of the corn belt and uh, that's causing people to kind of revise their yield estimates a little bit. Uh, crop condition ratings did go down this most this past week because of the heat, but uh, you sit here and look at these uh, one inch plus rains over the next seven days, and in some cases two or three inches, and you say, well, if the rating goes back up, that that yield estimate is probably going to go back up. And you know the private estimates are starting to come out now because USDA is going to publish their number a week from Friday. Let's talk about that. Any any early number thoughts that you have ahead of this report? Well, our our uh, Brugler 500 model, which is based on crop conditions, of course, uh, backed off a little on Monday because of the uh, lower ratings. It's it's saying uh, 174.5 or 174.6 based on today's conditions, but it it also has a plus or minus eight bushels per acre between now and final. Uh, there's a strong, there's a correlation between the condition ratings of final yields, but it gets a lot stronger 30 days from now. So, uh, it's, it's saying we could still do over 181. We could still do something under 170 at this point. And to, to think that you know better than that is, is probably overconfidence. All right. The, um, what I'm going to turn into Reuters and Bloomberg and the other services on Monday is 177 because uh, our other indi- other models, that's what, what we think is, is probably where USDA would go. We saw we saw a bounce that happened in the soybeans today. What, what's your thoughts? Because everybody else was down. What was the kind of the fuel for them? Well, I think they got oversold for one thing. Uh, and you, you did get a little help from the soybean meal. That was the uh, the supporting factor of the uh, of the complex, right? The soy oil was down, but the meal meal was up, and the beans bounced off the thirty eight percent retracement, which is a which is a, a well known technical level, and that was thirteen eighteen for NOV, and uh, the low of the day was thirteen eighteen and a half. So uh, three or four days in a row, we've been bouncing off that retracement level. The market is is oversold, although not oversold enough to to be super confident it's going to rally here. But I think today's story was the meal bounced back a little bit, and uh, that offset the leakage in the oil and allowed the allowed the crushers to pay up a little bit for beans. What about uh, what we see on export numbers? I think I was reading earlier that it's just kind of on a softer side for both old and new crop on the corn side, um, but we did so- see some more beans sold to China. Uh, on that side of the fence, yeah, I, I think that's that's very noteworthy. It's also something that needs to happen, and almost always does happen. Okay, uh, the the trade was a little low on the on the average gas for soybean new crop export sales. I think the average gas was one and a half to two million tons going into the report, and we were 
uh, 2.6 or so in the actual numbers. But of that, more than more than half had been previously reported under the daily system as being either sold to China or sold to unknown destinations. So, uh, you know, this the the is. We've got a, a nice combination of things going here. Soybean prices have dropped a little bit, making the U.S. beans more competitive. Uh, Brazil's are also starting to run out of beans to sell after September. Okay, so you get out into, October, into the October shipping slot. The U.S. is very competitive here, and that's what you're seeing China pick up is for uh, Octnovdis kind of purchases right now. Dollar, how's that all going to weigh into all of these export potentials? Well, again, they they almost always add bushels uh, from the U.S. in this over the next four weeks. If you look at the the weekly sales data for China for the next four weeks, going back ten years, this is a time period where we should expect to see daily announcements. They need to buy about 1.9 million tons per per. Uh, week just to meet their full year uh, estimates over 100 million tons so uh you know if brazil's out of the market and argentina's just dribbling it in then we should be seeing these big sales if we don't see them it's actually bearish we won't make the usda numbers but if if we continue to see these announcements and, and we're fairly confident we'll see more than we had been previous to the last week or two uh, then it makes it at least keeps that that new crop ending stocks um, fairly forecast fairly tight. What about from a wheat perspective um, with dollar and export opportunities? I know when we get to the second half, I want to talk more about what's going on with Russia. But right now, with that harvest continuing to hit the home stretch, kind of what's your feel on what's going on for them? Yeah, wheat wheat is uh, guilty by association with corn or vice versa. Uh, they're both going down trying to find market share. Minneapolis has backed off. I think part of that is a little bit of an improvement in the Canadian weather. And uh, you saw, I know, canola prices, for example, drop five days in a row. That that tells you they were getting some rain up there. But the the uh, the key is just trying to find the, the demand. I think there is good uh, chart support under the market, probably another 10, 15 cents under in KC, and uh, a little bit more than that in Chicago. What we need now is just a a little hint of a bullish export story. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready to head into the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Thursday. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with this Russia attack, export infrastructure. What does that mean, not only for the near term, but the bigger picture as we move forward with what has continued to happen over there? We saw uh, kind of a quieter tone of the livestock uh, sell signals. Are they happening in the hogs and also cattle they react no surprise to the downward in the corn it's a fontanelle final bell on the rural radio here's an update on what's going on at fontanelle hybrids we're combining with the channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced channel seed brand and we're excited to announce your local fontanelle hybrids dealer will be carrying select channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season that's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Alan Brugler. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management. So we know that there's a lot of tensions that continue to rise. And you know, for such a long time, Alan, we didn't hear anything about Russia and Ukraine. And now 
that heightened is picked up once again and more bombings taking place affecting the infrastructure and export opportunities. What are you guys seeing from a global and market aspect? What does that mean not only for farmers there, but for farmers across the world? Well, we can address that at several different levels. I think the the Russians have decided that if they're if they're not winning in Ukraine, they got to at least poison the well. They got to make sure the Ukrainians can't recover economically and be competition for a, a Soviet system or a Russian system that frankly doesn't perform very well economically. So they're attacking the the, the ports. They're attacking the uh, barge terminals. They're basically. Uh, you know, there was a rumor that uh, Erdogan from Turkey and Putin were going to talk about resuming the grain deal. Uh, but it's kind of, even if they got the grain deal back in place now, it would basically be, well, okay, we're, we're, we're agreeing to allow you to ship humanitarian aid to all these countries. It's too bad you don't have any export terminals left. You know, they'll have to come to Russia instead. That's kind of the attitude. Uh, now, what's the implications? Uh, we're hearing that the, some of the Ukrainian producers are going to cut back on their winter wheat seedings this fall because they're just not sure how much volume they can get out of the country. Uh, that's probably a logical uh, decision. You know, wait till spring, and if the situation is cleared up, you you have more ground for corn and beans or, or sunflowers. And if the uh, situation hasn't cleared up, you don't want to be stuck with a lot of inventory. Um, globally, yeah, it means that they're probably, well, number one, it means there's a lot of wheat and corn trapped in, in Ukraine right now that wants to leave. The stocks are down quite a bit uh, from where they were uh, post-war, uh, the start of the war, because the Green Corridor did allow them to drain out some inventory. But the, the world still has to replace that inventory. And... Um, you know that puts a, bur- uh, a little bit of a burden on Europe and on uh, on uh, Canada and Australia and some of the other major exporters to to fill in in the hole. Now, in, in 2022, we had a huge rally in the U.S. and then realized, hey, wait a minute, nobody's paying up for U.S. wheat. We're just going to get it from these other sources. So, uh, I think the the U.S. markets being a little more conservative here and saying, okay, let's see the actual sales. SOW is very competitive with uh, European wheat right now uh, in the export market, but uh, HRW, we're still fairly tight on supply, and it's, it's, it's priced itself out of that market for the most part. What do you see as some of the longer-term effects and issues that we might see? Well, I mean, longer-term, the market will balance out. Uh, you know, if the price is up because supplies are constricted, somebody around the world will say, hey, I can grow it for that. You know, the, 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 the lesson for corn, beans, and wheat, and I've been on this, on this theme since last winter, is short crops have long tails. And over time, the market finds a way to cause prices to go back to the mean, back to the long-term average. Now, that might... With inflation, and everything for corn that might be 420 instead of 350, uh, but that's still below where we are today. Wheat's kind of in a similar situation. The wild card, of course, is weather. If you if you uh, uh, Mother Nature doesn't allow you to grow the crops, then you get another year of high prices or another spike. But uh, the long term implications are are uh, Ukraine's Ukraine's going to take a very long time to rebuild. Uh, they've shown a lot of resilience in, in what they've been able to do with very limited uh, assets right now, you know, being bombed every day and so forth. But 
the uh, Russians, I think, are, are, have have damaged their reputation badly. But they're also showing that hey, they can they can ship large volumes of, of grain if the market's willing to pay for it. All right, let's switch gears. Head over to the livestock side. Speaking of grain, corn goes down. Cattle went up today. What's your spin? Well, the the feeder cattle got helped because the fat cattle were up and the corn was down, and that's a, that's a combination where we usually bid that into the price of the the walking inputs, which is the feeders. So they were up a buck and a half or so in the September contract, and actually October, November, about the same. Uh, cattle market, I think we have to remember uh, that the uh, August options expire on Friday, and that typically means more volatility. Uh, you, people get used to kind of buffering their hedge positions or their cash positions with options, and then all of a sudden the options are gone, but the cash cattle are trading for three more weeks and can be delivered against the futures. Uh, so you've got some positioning in August just because of options expiration tomorrow, and then delivery notices will start on Monday. Good. What's the best way for folks to reach you? Oh, call us at 402-697-3623. That's the main office in Elkhorn. Or you can visit our website, www.brugler, that's B-R-U-G-L-E-R, marketing, all one word, dot com. Uh, send me an email, B at bruglermktg, that's short for marketing, dot com. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.